Okay. All right. We've all been talking about the fast, correct? All the teachers have talked about the fast. I'm going to let y'all pass this around. Pastor kept forgetting to bring it. This is the recipe thing. I'm going to let y'all look at that. Uh, Miss Shirley made that. She can make you a hard copy. Or you can go on bowdenchurchofgod.org and get a copy of it um, downloaded. But there's some good stuff in there that will help us to know how to fast. And there's some healthy foods in there that takes out all the extra stuff. And I've listened to the podcast of Pastor's Last Two Times Teaching with you guys. I can hear all y'all too, by the way, on the podcast. I get all y'all's questions. I could hear all your answers. I could hear Julia saying, stop asking questions. (laughs) So um, what I want to do is I'm just going to do a quick recap of what he talked about. Um, I've got a few things to add, but first I'm going to pray. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus, let your Holy Spirit come forth. Let everything that we hear and do and that we are be of you, God. Help us to get ourselves out of the way. Allow the Holy Spirit to reign and to teach and to guide us. And Lord, be with the teachers in the back because I know what it's like to be back there with those little ones. Give them the patience of Job because they're going to need it. And Lord, just give them peace and let the children have a good time in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Trust me, you need that patience of Job. Um, So the question is, why are we fasting? I'm sure y'all, do any, do any of you remember what his answers were? Lose weight. Lose weight's one. I'm, I'm for that one. Um, one. Well, health benefits. We have health benefits and spiritual benefits. Okay? Get closer to God. You know, listen to him. To get closer to God. Correct. Spiritual growth. Now, the health reasons are it clears our mind. It helps us get all the junk out. And believe me, we have junk. The junk we get can be from anything. And you know, the strange thing is, we watch a lot of um, Keith Moore and different ministers on YouTube. More than I pay for cable and I watch more YouTube. Go figure. Um, but anyway, I like to watch old movies too. I love TMC. Turner Classic Movies or TCM? Turner Classic Movies, I got to watch movies like The Secret, the original Secret Garden. I got to watch the original Father of the Bride. You know, good, wholesome movies that make you think. But um, if you're not careful, some can slip in there with some stuff that you need to stay away from, and you don't really notice it till you're too deep into the movie. So... But it helps us clear our minds. So when we fast, I'll, I'll give you an example. Pastor and I, when we fast in this corporate fast every year, we fast TV. I don't even get to watch wrestling, y'all. Okay, that's a big deal for me. I, I watch all the pay-per-views and so forth. I have to go back after a month after and watch catch up on anything I missed. And sometimes I do, and sometimes I just say it's not worth it. But... We give up shows and things that we enjoy. And I give up wrestling. I also give up a lot of my Turner Classic movies. I think the only thing I watch besides preaching is nature. That is the absolute only thing I will watch. 
And the reason I watch nature is God created it. And there's places I'm not going to be able to go. I'm not going to be able to go to Ukraine and, and enjoy um, where they have all their animals because they have a documentary about Chernobyl. And we're, it's showing how life is coming back to that area. And it wasn't as bad as they thought. You know, and, and it's showing all these creatures. And they're not deformed. And that's the most amazing thing is how God protected them. And kept them from dying. I think a lot of them burrowed deep. But that's the kind of stuff I get. I give up. We give up the, the TV. And we give up the food. The food's the hard one. I'm okay for about... I can go about a week, and then all of a sudden it's like, I need some meat. <laughs> My body's like, I need some meat. I don't care if it's a fish, chicken, squirrel, I don't care. I need some meat. And then I'm like, I'll get past that moment, and it's like, okay, you're fine. You can go another few days. So I go another few days, and then it's like, you need some milk. Why do I need milk? You just need some milk. Well, I could drink almond milk. Nope. Can't have almonds because I'm, I'm sensitive to almonds. So the devil will use whatever he can to tempt you during your fast. Okay? But the corporate fast is very, very important because it brings us into unity. If we're fasting together, we're fasting as a unit. We're not fasting and because sometimes it feels like you're alone when you're fasting. Even in a group. Sometimes I'm like, ain't nobody else suffering like me. And pastor's like, yes, they are. I'm right here. No, you don't count. You've done this. You know? So he's like, well, Miss Elaine's fat. She's suffering. And Miss Bonnie, call them. No, because if I call them and they're not suffering, I'll make them suffer by talking about it. So I'm very, kind of leave me alone. Give me, let me get through the 21 days type person, you know. But... I will. I gripe a little, and I learned in the last fast not to gripe because if you gripe, it's kind of voids what you're doing, you know. So let's let me quickly go over this. I'm sorry, I, I do get ahead of myself. For the health reasons, it clears your mind, protects you from uh, us from obesity, reduces inflammation, improves our overall fitness, and promotes weight loss. Helps aid in a healing process. I heard him talking about the cancer patients. Well, it's not just them. When you fast, you're taking a lot of junk out that prevents healing. Because there's so many things. And, and sugar, this is so true. I've had several doctors even tell me, the sugar hurts you in your healing process. It actually hurts you. So when you, if you have a surgery or something, I recommend abstaining. abstaining I, I like ice cream when I have surgeries. It's like, give me some ice cream. I don't care. I, I want some ice cream. But you can't do that because I did too. But it took longer to get better. And then my first question is, why did I let them cut me open? <laughs> you know, because I'm like, but I did, I just hurt myself. I did it to myself. And then in the spiritual, it shows God that we're serious about spiritual health. Our spiritual health goes hand in hand with our physical health. Y'all saw me Sunday, right? I hurt. I should have stayed home. I even thought about it, and then I kept saying, no, if I go to church, I get my healing. But my back kept saying, you an idiot. Stay home. Don't move. You're hurting yourself more. 
And so I had taken the muscle relaxer, or the fourth of it, because again, I can't take them. Um, and I came over here to, and, and I stood, because when I was standing, I had less pain. I don't know if that makes sense to y'all. But I, I had so much less pain, so praising God, I just I, it allowed me to get into the worship. And I got into it, and I was like, okay, God, this can go south real fast. And I noticed that over the next day or so, at one point I thought, oh, God, Cliff, just take me and shoot me. You know, it hurts so bad. I couldn't hardly move. Then it, would, it, it was messing with the nerves in your stomach and your back. And there's this main nerve called a vagus nerve. And that nerve controls your breathing, your intestines, your stomach, your heart. It's one nerve that controls everything. And when there's pressure put on that nerve, it can start messing with your head. And the devil's going to mess with you. And that's what he tried to do with me. And I was like, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to skip this. But when you get that spiritual health, it helps with the, when your spiritual health is lacking, and mine was in, in healing. And so I dove into healing. I dove into everything I could find on healing. I listened to everything I could find on healing. I listened to healing scriptures. I listened to preachers preaching about healing. And so as my spiritual health started growing, God started, it got God's attention, and it tuned me into the Holy Spirit. And He said, don't do that because that's going to hurt. And then it removes some unhealthy things from your soul like anger, pride, arrogance. And um, I put pride twice, so it must be important. Um, I didn't know. And this is before I hurt my back. This is so funny. I had a lot of anger toward my nephews. When my mom died, they were in charge. And... They weren't the brightest crayons in the box is the best, nicest way I can say this right now. And so they did some things, and the way they cared for her in between, and I, I begged her to come without physically taking police and removing her, I had no choice but to leave her. And I couldn't, I couldn't do that to her. She, she would have really been miserable and probably died sooner. But anyway, so I told them, you know, I'm sorry. I'm at, I'm, I'm, telling you that I forgive you because I was holding this against you. I was angry, and I was holding this against you. And one of them told me that it, um, I only did it to make myself feel better, and I was like, you know, you're right, and I did, because forgiveness is for me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you don't know this, and blah, 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 and I got a really nasty response, and I was like, you know what, it's okay. It, it, it kind of hurt my feelings because I was like, I didn't know what else to do about my mom, you know, other than drag her physically kicking and screaming. And so I just, I, I sat down with Cliff and I was talking and I was like, it's okay, you know. Um, I fasted and prayed for my family's salvation. My mom got saved before she died. I know that. My dad got saved before he passed on. And it being two weeks of each other, the year, the prior fast we did, that's what I was fasting for. You know, we got to have goals. Pastor talked about that. We have to have a reason to fast. What is the reasons you fast? Okay. Now, he gave three main reasons to fast. One was to humble yourself. Two, seek God. Three, because of ourselves, our grandchildren, our children, and our family and our possessions. Okay. We fast for reasons. 
Now, my question to y'all is, I really want y'all to think about this tonight and, and come up with an answer before the 20th. Why, what are your goals for this fast? I want, God to, I want you to really see God on this because I'm going to tell you a couple of my goals. I have a daughter that needs salvation, deliverance. I have a daughter that's a little bit crazy, but I know that God is working. She came and had dinner with us Sunday night, even though I was hurt. And it was the nicest visit we've had in a very long time. And it was all God. Um, God ordained that, that meeting. So it wasn't, you know, she knows she's sinning. I ain't got to tell her every five minutes she's sinning. You ain't got to tell them they're sinning. But you can pray for them. And that's what I do. And then, um, you know, another thing I'm fasting for is total healing. I want healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I don't want one-day healing. I don't want two-day healing. I don't want hit-or-miss healing. I want complete healing. He's healed me from asthma. That's a big deal because it almost killed me. I was never supposed to be free of asthma, according to doctors. I was supposed to die from it. I don't have asthma. I don't have it at all. No doctor can find it in me at all. They're saying my lungs are like new lungs. And that's one of the prayer um, things that I do um, on my 101 healing scriptures is it says that I will put air into you and give you new lungs, new life. So I claim that daily. Now, I'm going to recap something he said. He said um, four things. Tell God why you're fasting. Allow the Lord to speak to you is number two. Can affect the world. Oh, it can affect your whole church slash world. Our fast can affect this entire church. Can affect the church next door without them even being here. It can affect the churches that way. It can affect the entire world. Our fasting has power, and I'm going to prove that to y'all in just a few minutes. He said you can fast your time. Remember that? Pastor said fasting time because that's the one thing that's very precious to everyone is time. And what was it he said? Fast people. Sometimes you got to fast people. There's people I can't be around during a fast because I may choke them to death. I'm just being straight with y'all. I mean, I have that urge. You know, it's like I'm going to jump off here and tackle them. So the Lord says, no, stay away from them. But when they start acting up, I just, I've, I've learned to start rebuking them and making them you know, behave in the spirit. So it's easier to do it that way than to kill them because they don't learn nothing if you kill them. They don't learn nothing. And then he says, um, he was reading it, and he said that um, in Daniel, when he talked to, Daniel talked to him, and they gave him the vegetables and the water. My question, and, and this is something to ponder, I'll have to ask Pastor about this one. It says, um, he ate vegetables and water, right? Never once did fruit get mentioned. Think about it. Fruit wasn't mentioned. We just assume he had fruits and vegetables because that's stuff that grew. I don't know if they had fruit back then, and if they did, it was probably like figs and stuff like that. Which figs I found are really good. Apples. So here's the thing. Tomato, tomato is a fruit slash vegetable. So, but I had that question come up. I was reading, and I was listening to him, and I was reading along, and I was like, well, "There's no, no, no mention of fruit." But anyway, he said that they looked ten times healthier and had more wisdom 
than the other people that were in the fast or were in the king's company to eat. Now comes the parts where I get to add in. Y'all might want to take notes on stuff I do. Why are there so many cars going through our parking lot? It's starting to get on my nerves. I'm just seeing car after car go through the parking lot. It's weird. I've never seen anything like that on a Wednesday. All right, uh, the book of Joel, chapter 2. Well, let me go back. We're going to... Chapter 2, verse 16. Anybody want to read that? Joel. Joel. I lost my page, my other page. Gotta find my other page. I lost my other page. I don't know how I lost my other page. Okay, I don't know where it went then. So anybody want to read it? Yes, no, maybe. Oh, there. Okay. Um, yeah. No. Uh, chapter 2, verse 16. Uh-huh. Okay, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, and those that suck the bread, that the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Okay. Now the first thing you said, did you get the part um or go up to fifteen, start with fifteen, sorry. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify fast, call the solemn sentence. Okay. In Joel, he said, blow the trumpet of Zion and sanctify a fast. So we see through the Bible that fasting is throughout the Bible. Thank you. So it's throughout the Bible. Um, there for now. And um, I got a couple of, of stories I'm going to share with you that um, talk about it. In 1857, there was something called the Great Awakening. It ushered in, it was ushered in through fasting and prayer because people were hungry and desperate for God. Y'all can look up this date. It's called the Great Awakening of 1857. That's what it's called. This gives y'all something y'all can look up at home. And then the next one is the Great Welsh Revival of... 1904 and 1905. And then after it, and it came through fasting and prayer. The Great Azusa Street Revival. We've heard of it, 1906. It came through fasting and prayer. Did you know that for 250 years, fast days were proclaimed in America by churches and government leaders? It started from 1600 until after the American Civil War. So what they did, and what I found unique about it was that they called the government, not just churches, but the government called the fasting and prayer. But the way they did it, somebody get Joel 1 1 and 13, and someone else, Joel one fourteen, and someone else, Joel two twelve and thirteen, 
We've already read the, the 15, 16. And then Joel 2, 17, and 18. Those will be the last ones. So if, one, if each person will read one, that would be so helpful, but I can read it if necessary. Joel 1 and 13. Anybody want to read? Go ahead. Gird yourselves and lament, ye priests. How, ye ministers of the altar, come, lie all night in sackcloth, ye ministers of my God. For the meat offering and the drink offering is withholden from the house of your God. Okay. What does he say here? They're, they're praying. They're, they're, they're praying after, um, they're seeking after God in such a strong way that they're howling, they're, they're laying on their face. Now, um, did you read 14 too? Mm-hmm. 1 and 14, go ahead and read that one. Okay, there's several things there. Once he said, sanctify and call a fast. Pastors called a fast in, the, in a solemn assembly. We're a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and the inhabitants of the land. That means anybody that steps through those doors on Sunday morning is part, that is part of this church that doesn't make it on a Wednesday, they are to be part of the fast if they call themselves church God. And then he said, then have into the house of the Lord and then cry unto the Lord. So when we come into the house of the Lord, we should be praying during this fast. Anytime you walk in that door during the 21 days, find a place at the altar before service starts and pray. It doesn't matter if anybody joins you. It doesn't matter if they don't because right now you're, you're entering into a spiritual place with God. That's you and Him. Okay? And... What you grow from that depends on if you seek Him. And seeking Him is the most important thing. So, um, let's see. Now, Joel 2, 12, and 13. Anybody got that one? Go ahead and read the next line. your heart and not your garment and turn into the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness and repenting repenting him of evil. Okay. So turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting. Jesus throughout the New Testament constantly tells us that this can only be achieved through prayer and fasting or fasting and prayer. And what we got to do is put those two hand in hand. You can fast all you want. Pastor said it. If you're just fasting food, you're on a diet. If you're just fasting TV and you're not seeking God during that time, you're just ignoring TV. There's got to be the praying part because if we don't pray and seek Him, how can He answer what we need? How can He meet the goals of our fast? Our fast has to have goals. Has to have fast. Um, so, 
in all these scriptures, it's talking about prayer. It's talking about fasting. Let's see if I can find the other thing. There was one more thing I want to share. There's a couple of things. Fasting God honors... The fasting God, which is God, honors the fast that begins with an attitude of the heart. If we go to fast and we do it and we grumble because pastor said fast, pastor said we got to fast, so we got to fast. I don't want to do it. I've done it. I'm telling you, I'm telling on myself. I married the man and I'm telling on myself. I don't want to do it. Why not? Because I want to eat. I want to watch TV. Well, can't I have something? No. Man. And then, this is what I hear at night. Angel, do you love me? You know I do, Lord. Really? Don't sound like it. You sure you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then I think you need to stop acting that way. You might need to tell Pastor you're sorry. I don't want to. I don't care if you want to. I told you to, so do it. Fine. I've done that to God. Fine. He goes, I ain't taking that. He said, when you decide that you're going to apologize and you're going to do it right, let me know. And then we'll talk again. And I've had days where I ain't heard nothing from God. And I was like, okay, he's being serious now. i got to get busy. And I've had to go to pastor because, see, it's hard to be married to the pastor and let him be the pastor because it kind of overlaps when you're at home. It's like, okay, you're wanting to eat, but you want me to feed you, and yet you won't let me eat, and I want to eat. You know, it's hard. So, you know, there's some conflict there, but we've managed to work it out, especially thanks to Miss Shirley now, because I'm going to make all this food and make him eat it. I don't care how it tastes. So that's the decision I've made. I don't care how it tastes, we're going to eat it. You can talk yourself out of it. Yeah, I mean, then you got, that's why we got to have prayer partners. During this fast, we need to be there for one another. Brother Al, you might have to call Brother Mark and say, hey, are you still fasting? And Brother Mark goes, Brother, Brother Al, you didn't eat that ice cream today, did you? I seen you over there by the store. <laughs> but be accountability partners for one another because we need that. You know? And like, I can call Bonnie, Bonnie, you didn't eat no ice cream or cake. You didn't, you didn't make a cake and eat it, did you? Bonnie be like, I ain't telling you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But... Um, Prior to the, um, I want to read this. This is something I found in this that was really, really interesting. And then I'm going to share a couple of instances of what's worked and happened for me, uh, me personally through fasting. But this was with our country. And it said, prior to the founding of our nation, the Continental Congress issued a proclamation recommending a day of public humiliation, fasting and prayer to be observed on July the 20th. 1775. Y'all can write that date down and look it up just to verify I'm being honest. And then the second one was during the quasi-war with France. President John Adams declared May 9th, 1798 as a day of solemn, excuse me, humility, fasting, and prayer. On March 30th, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln, excuse me, issued a proclamation and then designated April 30th 1863, one month later, as a day of national humiliation and prayer. I don't understand the national humiliation, except maybe that they were trying to be, he was trying to get them to be humble. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure. But that's something you can research. But three different times here, a national day of fasting and prayer was called. National. Ain't nobody in White House going to do that now. Yeah, he might have hit his head that day. I watched the State of the Union, and I felt 10% stupider having done so. Actually, to me, he regurgitated Trump's union, State of the Union speech. He said everything President Trump said in his State of the Union that Nancy Pelosi tore up. And she was just, oh, I was like, God, please don't let her have a stroke. I, can't, I was like, God, you got to forgive me, but please, can you just take that woman out? She just ir- irritates me through the TV. I was like, her face, it was like, I'm so giddy, he's up there, yay. And I was like, oh my God, you're just so sick. Uh, and then also, what was funny was she tried to talk to the vice president, the vice president kept giving her like the cold shoulder. I was like, okay, you're talking too much, Nancy, you need to hush. Um, but it was just like, oh, those are the types of people that I pray, you know, Lord, you've got to take them out because they ain't leaving until they're in a box. They refuse. They will hold on to the podium with their nails dug in. They will have to drag her out in a box because she has got where she wants to be or where the devil has brought her to. And I believe that. I believe she's the most wicked person I've ever seen. There is evil that just pours out of that woman. And like I said, Joe, okay, I'm going to say this, and it's not going on the podcast, but I'm still saying it. He was like a creepy old man. Afterwards, I called him a cod, which is creepy old dude. Because every woman he went and shook hands with, the look that he gave them made my skin crawl. And it was like, I don't know, maybe too much Botox. I don't know what it is, but everybody seems to have forgotten how he was with women during the election part and how much trouble he got in. Everybody forgot about that. But now when you see him, he he dismissed men. He quickly shook hands, walked away, and he was with every woman that he was with. He would hug or kiss him on the forehead. I thought, okay, you're just too touchy, too touchy, too touchy. So... For me, it's like, he's a creepy old dude, okay? Creepy old dude. He's not a president I want to meet, ever, in this lifetime. And I pray I never do, because my face doesn't always hide things well. It shares my feelings. <laughs> so I have to kind of, you know, eh, no, we're not going to do that. But that's the other thing about fasting, is because we need to pray for our leaders, even the creepy old dude. And the weird vice president lady. Um, I don't know much about her. I I don't want to know about her. I I want them gone. I'll be glad if we can get a Republican back in. You know what? Forget Republican. I want a normal person in. Just somebody that's not damaged. I'll take an independent. I don't care. As long as they make sense and can carry a conversation and do things that are beneficial to our country, I'll vote for them. So, and it can be a woman, man. It could be a monkey. I don't care. I'll vote for a monkey. I would. That monkey probably smarter than the president, you know. Behave. Sorry, God. All right. No, but we do need to pray for, um, we need to pray for our leaders. Because we do get some that we want to throw back, like when we're fishing. 
It's not a big enough catch or it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth the fight we put into it. It comes out, it's about that big. It's, yeah, throw it back. Let's go for another one. But we can change this because the Great Awakening of 1857 changed stuff. It changed the world through fasting and prayer. We look around and we look and say, hey, you know, we're just a small church. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said where two or three are gathered in my name. I'm in the midst of you. And if we're gathered in unity, we're fasting for the same things, we can, we can make a group goal. You know what I'm saying? Make your personal goals, but let's talk about a church goal. What, what goal do we have to fast for for this church? I don't care if it's about filling people in the seats. Fill the church up. That's fine, but let it be good people that want and are hungry for God. Because there's a lot of people that can come in this church and tear it apart. And they tear it apart just because they don't like something, you know? And that's not good. We want people that want God. Hunger for God. And it can be like, the, and, and some of them are going to smell, some of them are going to look funny, some of them are going to be this, some of them going to be that. And it don't matter. Because what matters is the heart. We got to get that heart and we got to be there for their heart because when God changes the heart, the rest of the stuff takes care of itself. And that's the truth. So sharing with y'all some of the things that have accomplished um, through prayer and fasting. One, I got healed from asthma. Didn't even ask for that one. That was, that was a freebie from God. Took kids to youth camp and didn't kill them all. That was another freebie from God. Y'all don't understand. I took... Ten teenage girls by myself. And you know what happens with ten teenage girls, don't you? Puberty. At the same time. And you're the only adult. Pastor took six boys. He got off easy. He had six teenage boys with him, and I had ten girls. I didn't get to, I get, I, it wasn't fair. So I survived. And during the time, and, and this is the fun part, because see, fasting and prayer comes in. Because during camp, I get to camp. First thing happens, I get bee stung by a wasp, which I'm kind of allergic, a little. Uh, then I break my toe and bust my knee up. Then the girls try to drown me in the pool. I literally had the lifeguard have to save me. Uh, so I've almost drowned. I was bee stung, broke toe, busted knee. And I'm walking around, black foot, I'm toe broke, you can tell. And they're all going, what happened to you? I came to camp. I don't know, I just came to camp. I showed up. But it didn't happen to the girls. And, and that was my prayer and, and stuff was that the kids would be safe and have a good time. And look, if he's going to attack, let him hit me with it because, you know, I can survive it. But then pastor decides he wants to challenge me. All right, he's a. Uh, they thought we were going to get a divorce at camp. Brother Greg Baird said, "He goes, I've had couples meet and get married at camp, get engaged." He said, "I ain't never had a divorce until now." <laughs> and uh, so Cliff was like, oh, "We're like this all the time," because the kids were agging us on, right? They were telling him he was a loser. My group, my girls, loser, loser. Miss Angel can beat you, and they had this game. You had to climb up and slide down really fast and beat your opponent. And I'm, again, broke toe, busted knee. Just remember this. 
kids influence me way too much. <laughs> so they're like, they asked the guy that was running, can, can they race? All the counselors watching, you know, like I said, Greg Baird, he heard about it, everybody. So I'm like, let's do this. Let's just do it to end it. So we get ready. I beat him. I beat him. And he couldn't believe it, and he got upset. He's a sore loser. My kids get that from him. My daughter Cindy, Nathan and them's mom, at game night, she was losing. She flipped the table on the kids. She said, we can't have game night at home no more because she's a really bad sore loser. <laughs> but anyway, um, so now they all go, you're just a loser, Pastor. You know you lost. Stop, you know, because he'll, he'll, like, do something with me. And the kids will be like, no, no. So I've got a whole, like, 15 kids that defend me. I don't got to say nothing. I just have to tell them, no, don't do it, don't do it. He's still pastor, don't do it. But it's fun. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, don't go to camp. No, I learned. Make sure I go through this fast. Make sure I pray more. Make sure that I am seeking God more before we even attempt to go to camp or anywhere else. Last week, I I was outside with them, and... um, I don't do it on purpose. I'm just a very competitive person, okay? I was the youngest of five, in the middle of eight, and I was picked on relentlessly. Like, y'all cannot imagine. I was small for my age. I, I was really small. And so my brothers and sisters decided to torment me. And I got even by picking up a two-by-four and trying to hit them with it. That was my equalizer. I carried it with me everywhere, like walking tall. So... Um, I'm out there, and I'm like, the kids are playing, and I'm like, you know what, let's play basketball. So they give me the ball, and I take one hand, and I shoot it, I make it. One-handed. I'd been doing it for a while. Don't even know how I do it. And truthfully, I don't even try. And it made one of them mad. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm better than you. And Pastor said, you can't do that. Boys can't take it. I said, well, I said, they're going to have to man up. That's all there is to it. And so I'm trying to teach them about prayer, too. So, you know, this kind of, us fasting, I'm, pra- I'm also fasting for the kids. Because I'm going to tell you all something. When y'all do fast, fast for our youth. Amen. Not just your grandkids, but if the, the church youth. And I'll, I'll tell you why. It breaks my heart that the older kids go through so much. This world is awful if you're a teenager. And I mean, 12 and up, everything is a question. Are you a boy? Are you a girl? Are you an animal? There's even that one now. Um, Are you, you know, kids at school and other people will say, you look like a boy. Well, I'm a girl. You look like a boy. And they'll keep saying it to them until they start believing it. And I encounter that a lot with my grandkids is that my older grandkids have friends that don't know who they are. They don't know what they are. They don't know if they like... You ever heard of something called pan? To be pansexual? It means you will, you like everything. Trees, dogs, cats, horses, people, flowers, buildings. I've never in my life heard anything so stupid. And I said it's stupid. But it's a thing now. And cancel culture. Yeah, they're not allowed to cancel me. Yeah. 
I don't understand why people allow them to cancel them. Why are you going to let somebody cancel you? I'm still here. Cancel me if you can. Come on. You know? I don't get it. I don't get how we let it happen. How, you know, people are online and they're letting can't, that happen. And a lot of it is not through because they're not fasting and they're not praying. And I'm telling you, fasting, Jesus wouldn't have said it if it wasn't important. Because remember, his people got beat up by a demon because they couldn't cast him out. And he said, this one comes only through fasting and prayer. Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days to fast. Why did he do it? He didn't have to. He's son of God. According to everybody in the world, he's got power. He's the almighty God, but yet he came in our form. So he knew what it was like to have thoughts of, I don't know if I can do this. I'm sure he did. Especially before he went out there. I bet he was quite, I'm going to ask him when I get there, because I, like, I got a bunch of questions for God. But one of them is, Jesus, what was you thinking? When you realized you were going to go out there for 40 days, you were going to fast everything. And I, I, I mean, we're still doing water and vegetables, but he fasted everything. He fasted, and then he prayed. 40 days. Now, there's a show I watch called 40 Nights. It's a, a streaming on, it's called 40 Nights. It's really good. It's about him being out there and how the devil comes to him. And can you imagine, okay, he's been out there one night and Satan comes and tries to mess with him and say, you know, you've been out here four or five nights. And Jesus is like, no, nope, it's only been one. I'm okay. And he's like, no, you've been out here four or five nights. You sure? And then he starts to make him, you know, wanting, wanting him to doubt. Well, he's going to do that to us. When we start our fast, he's going to say, you know, I don't think you're going to make it 21 days. You might make it five. Try for five. And then when you get to five, he's going to come back and say, well, I think you ought to give up now. And you're like, no, man, I made it five. I'm good. You know, Pastor and I already started. Uh, what we started doing is we went to decaf coffee. I've been on it for two months now because it was messing with my heart anyway. So I went to decaf and he started coming along behind me and it stopped him from having headaches. Now that he has been doing it, he's been kind of, you know, one cup caffeine, one cup, then he'd go to the decaf because he drinks too much coffee anyway. So he's gone to, now he's going like, his cups are now decaf, nothing else. I had to make him put Bonnie's coffee up that she gave him for Christmas. And um, so he's like, it's pinto bean juice, but hey, it wakes me up. I'm like, I like it. I don't care what you say. So I'm doing it, and, um, but I've been doing it, and I haven't had a headache. I didn't even get a headache to start with. I thought it was so strange because I don't do a lot of caffeine anyway. So he has now got to the place where he's ready to go full on. I mean, he's, he started going full on, no caffeine. Now I just got to stop the sodas. Sprite doesn't have caffeine, but it has sugar. And he drinks Sprite, which keeps the caffeine away. But caffeine is evil, evil, evil. My daughter stopped doing coffee because she got so sick trying to stop drinking coffee that she almost had to go to the hospital. She got physically so sick trying to get the caffeine out of her body. 
And that's how bad of a drug it is. It's a drug. Caffeine is a drug. Um, I tried the Coke Zero. It's nasty. Don't try it. Mm -mm. It's bad. But um, there are, like spaghetti sauce, I'll tell you one to get. Paul Newman, spaghetti sauce. Zero added sugar. Zero added salt. That is the best one to get. And, if you, and I found some bread you can eat. Y'all might not like it. I found some white flour tortillas. And you can bake them in the oven and make them crunchy. But you can also like make little Mexican pizzas with it. Like their salsa. If you read your salsa, make sure there's a lot of them that have, are, are sodium free. And it has no added sugar. The biggest thing you're going to be looking for is added sugar. And I was surprised that, like I said, basic crackers had added sugar. But I will tell you this. Bread will be the biggest enemy you have when you come off the fast. You can't even eat white flour tortillas. And I tell you why. They're made from wheat. And they may have yeast in them. I didn't think they did, but I found that they had yeast or some kind of milk product in it. I recommend don't eating them because if if you even think you have a gluten issue, get rid of the bread. It's the yeast and the wheat. I found out because I stopped eating bread and I stopped having breathing issues. I stopped having other issues. My The allergies that the doctor said I had food-wise, if you have food allergies, this is a good time to test out what to get rid of because they told me to start getting rid of stuff again because the ones that they knew that I had, they said they think they went into overdrive recently. So I had to stop the milk. I had to stop the, the bread, although I did eat a grilled cheese half one night, and I'm going to pay for that. No, I'm not going to rebuke that in Jesus' name. I'm not paying for it. I'm not going to do anything. I rebuke that. We also watch what we say. When we get ready to fast, we need to go to God and say, God, let me get y'all to come up here. We're going to pray this out. I'm going to pray it out with y'all in this. I'm going to have all y'all come up to pray with me. And we're going to pray over our, we're going to pre-pray our fast, okay? If that makes any sense. I'll get it out of reach. We're going to pre-pray for our fast and ask God to be with us and help us to have the wisdom, the patience, and the listening ability. Here comes Brother um, I'll get your name in a minute. But I want to pray um, over our fast, and I also want to pray over Ukraine again, because we don't know how bad it is. I mean, we talk about a fast and how much, you know, that's going to be a struggle for us. And these people, I can only watch a little bit of the news. My heart breaks so bad for the elderly and the children and these parents that are just so lost right now. They don't know what to do except seek God. And we need to pray for His presence to be stronger there than ever before. We pray for our grandson as well. They sell their house and moved on days. Okay. It, it would have to get really, really bad for him to have to come and fight, but you know, we don't know. Yeah. He's well, not. as of right now, they're not going to send ours to fight, but we are to go. They are sending them to protect our NATO, our, our NATO people. Yeah. They're going to be in all of the NATO countries. To the hand. Gina Bowers, she's on standby. Mm. 
Yeah, because see, this could go. Nobody wants to encounter Putin because it's World War III. So what we're doing is we're skirting around it. And here's the thing. God's going to do what God's going to do. If it's prophecy, it'll be fulfilled. If, if it is too soon for the prophecy, sometimes man tries to make prophecy fit where it doesn't. And we have to be careful of that because I heard some preachers trying to say that this was the war of Ezekiel and pastors said it could be, could be, but there's too many question marks on it. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say, you know what, God, when you're ready to tell us, you tell us. He will tell us. So, Father, I just thank you tonight, Lord, and I just ask you, as we prepare for this fast, help us to not only fast for our church, but fast for their countries, especially the ones that are seeking you and needing you. God, there are so many countries that have turned Christian, and they have so many churches out there, God, and so many children. Lord, they just need you. And God, as we enter into this season of fasting, help us to focus our prayers on the things of God. The things that matter to you, the things that you need us to focus on, God. God, we focus on ourselves and our families. So help us to focus out past that. Help us to reach out past that. Help us to go beyond us. Help us to pray and fast for those things that are more important to you. Father God, we just ask you for your clear and undivided attention as we move forward. And God, we just ask you to be with this church, God. Help us to do this in unity, Lord. God, you are the one who brought about Jesus as our Savior. You allowed him to come and save us. Now God asks, And with that, you may be dismissed. I think I'm done. You did a great job. I enjoyed it. I did. I'm the comedy relief of the team. Of the team. I'm the comedy relief. Hey,